TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Stories of that game and what happened in the clubhouse is just fantastic. There's no game that can bleep you like this one. <laughs> it's Roycey on baseball. Let's go here. Damn, now Joe Morgan has died I, at age 77. You just informed uh, me of Just that. this morning, I was listening to the MLB Network on the way over, and uh, they uh, they were they just announced it. They didn't, uh, any details, 77 yeah. years old, apparently had been in some poor health in recent years. But, uh, man, alive, it's not a good time to be a Hall of Famer, is it? No they kidding. Are, uh, the Whitey Ford, uh, what, four of them. Now, who am I missing here? My mind goes blank. But uh, there's been a four or five Hall of Famers die here in the last couple of months. So, uh, and Joe Morgan. Now, I think all of us who are go back as far as I do anyway, feel like we are allowed to look back at old time statistics and name our all time great team. Okay. Not guys we've seen. Just mm-hmm. all. This is your all time great baseball team. And of course, your all time great baseball team doesn't have a DH. Because you got to have, you know, we're, we're talking about real baseball right. here. Yeah. Okay, okay. He's my second baseman. Really? I think offensively, uh, I mean, as a hitter, fantastic speed, a good enough second baseman. And uh, I think the only competition is uh, Rogers Hornsby. And I'm not putting some slow-footed white guy from the 20s ahead of Joe Morgan. Well, so. minus the incident, Robbie Alomar was a pretty good second base. Yeah, he was too, but this guy's better. You think so? This really? guy's a better offensive player, much more consistent, and uh, just dangerous little son of a gun. And uh, another uh, famous trade, you know, he started at Houston, and they traded him to the Reds for Lee May, who was good. Sure, Lee May was a good hitting first baseman. But he weren't no Joe Morgan when it uh, turned out. Uh, so Morgan came and joined the uh, Big Red Machine. How so. important was he to their success in the 70s? Because they were a loaded squad. Well, Johnny Bench. Yep. <laughs> catching, maybe the greatest of all time. Uh, we had the first base was... Uh, Tony Perez. Tony Perez. Joe Morgan. Shortstop, Davey Concepcion for most of it. Uh, not Not all of it. Third base, uh, Pete Rose was around. Sure, yeah. Pete Rose played third for a while there on that team. He was an all-star. He started an all-star game at third base. Uh, and then the outfield uh, had, uh, no, it was pre-Foster. It was uh, Ken Griffey and the senior. Mm-hmm. And, boy, I'm missing one of their great players. In the center field, there was a guy named Cesar Geronimo. And what the hell's wrong with me? I can't. Uh, I got to go back and look at right, the, the big up. red machine. The big red machine. Let's look it up. The big red machine. Sparky that was the answer. Sparky uh, was the manager. Sparky was the manager. Sparky had a pretty good club in Detroit too in 1984. <laughs> Someone just uh, put up. You know, I think it might have been the Twins Almanac on Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, the the play where Laudner picked off Dwight Evans at third base to win mm-hmm. game was it would have been game four. On this date in 87? I thought that was great. Yeah. Big uh, Red Machine. The Great Eight. The Great Eight. Who were the Great Eight? Griffey Sr. was in your outfield. The Great Eight. Uh, 
Johnny Bench, Tony Perez, and Morgan are in the Hall of Fame. Foster was on that team, by the way. Uh, In 76. 76, okay. Yep. Bench, Rose, Morgan, Perez, Concepcion, Foster, Griffey, and Geronimo. Uh, They played 88 games together in 75 and 76. But there's another. Dan Dreesen was on that team, too. He could hit. He was a left-handed extra player. But uh, I'm not sure that uh, that's the best of the big red machine teams. I didn't uh, realize you had Morgan up that high at, oh God, as the best second he, baseman. He, he was fantastic. He was fantastic. And uh, and I think my generation. You know, Pittsburgh was Pittsburgh was loaded then too, man. Sure. That was uh, that National League was brutal. They beat the Yankees, Billy's Yankees, in '76 World Series. Swept them. Really. Four in a row. Wow. Four in a row. Well, because my generation and always they, associates Morgan with Sunday Night Baseball. Oh, yeah. And then they were the greatest. That that was the greatest broadcasting tandem, I think. Yeah, Johnny Miller and Joe Morgan. I think Joe ended up, they might have come up with some other reason, but he uh, he got disinterested, I think. I mean, okay. he was great for about 10, 15 years, and then you kind of got the impression that he'd kind of lost interest, and he'd show up and... Asked somebody who the starting lineup was because I loved him when he was uh, when he was uh, first started off because oh, he was di- he was different. I mean, he, yeah, he wouldn't sugarcoat everything. You Plus, know? he would tell you something about the game that you weren't thinking about. That's what I always really enjoyed yes. about that Sunday night tandem was more. Mm-hmm. And you would say, "Oh yeah, I guess I hadn't thought of that." The big red machine uh, first two times in the World Series. They uh, got beat by the Orioles in 70. That Oriole team was swept our twinks yeah. and won 110 games or something. They were great. And then the A's, 72, won a three in a row for the A's that won. That was a pretty, there were some pretty good ball clubs wandering oh. around. You know, I love the plucky Rays, <laughs> but I think they'd be in trouble against the big red machine. Well, who wouldn't? Or the, uh, <laughs> Or the uh, Pirates of that era, or the A's of that era. I think they'd be in a little bit of trouble against that era. So uh, uh, then in 76, I guess that's the team that, uh, well, 75, they won 108. 76, they won 102. Uh, 73, they won 99. 74, they won 98. You know, their pitching was always, they had a, They'd always have a like a couple, three pitchers, but they always had good bullpens. And Sparky, you know, because he'd take a guy out in the seventh was Captain Hook back then. <laughs> he would be he would be why is Sparky sticking with his starter so long now? But back then it, he was Captain Hook. So Sparky wouldn't have yanked Jose after five no, flawless no, against the no, Astros. Well, no, he might have. Right, he would have given him one more inning, but he he'd pull him. He would pull them before other guys would. You know, okay. Weaves would Weaves would let them boys. Uh, you know, his, his good guys. I'm at 165 the, pitches. Get yeah, out yeah, out there! Come on, go get him, Palmer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was uh, Joe Morgan was just a fantastic uh, player, and uh, uh, Perez Rose. I mean, they say three Hall of Famers, but Rose is on that team too. Sure, right? Yep, you yep. know. Four all-time greats. Uh, Perez was the RBI machine, but now we don't worry about RBIs. No, we don't care about that. 130, 40 RBIs don't matter anymore. And uh, Bench, Bench, maybe the greatest catcher, and (laughs) Morgan, the greatest second baseman. 
You got two of those guys on one team, and they're fighting two other guys to be the best player on the team. That's a good team. That's a pretty good squad. And, and you know, once in a while, he'd play Dreesen, and he'd, uh, you know, Griffey Sr. and uh, and some of those guys. But uh, yeah, if you if you turned on a Reds game on TV, you were pretty likely to see the same eight guys. Geronimo <laughs> was not a great player, but he was a very good center fielder. So the summer of 2011, yes, I decided that this was the summer before my son, my oldest son, was born. I thought, I'm going to take a one last hurrah baseball trip. I think yeah. you remember that. It was 4th of July weekend. Mm-hmm. I went to, uh, I finished by going to Twins Brewers here. Mm-hmm. Day before that, uh, Whitey's and Cubs at Wrigley, and the day before that, I saw the Reds and the Tribe play in Cincinnati. Okay, drove down there. Uh, Brad Lane, our old program mm-hmm. director, got me a press pass to go mm-hmm. up there. I don't think either team was very good because there was maybe a screaming mob of about ten thousand at that ball mm-hmm. game, and it was a hot, hot July you can get night. A little warm in Cincinnati in the summer. In the yeah. press box, uh, I went to grab something to drink, mm-hmm. and there was Joe Morgan. And he mm-hmm. looked at me because he he could tell I wasn't was a regular yeah. at the press box. He looked at me and he said, where are you from, kid? And I said, Minneapolis. And he said, why the hell are you covering this game? <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was great. I wonder what he was doing sitting there. I, he was, I think, still part still of either the radio. No, no, no. Oh, the, oh, the, the local. Reds, Reds yeah, too. Okay. I don't know if he was doing TV or radio locally, but he had a... A station uh, polo, oh, okay. polo shirt okay. on. Yeah. So he was either doing TV or radio. I didn't have a lot to, you know. I knew Miller extremely well, but uh, I didn't. I didn't really ever deal with Joe except to nod at him and say hello. And sure. I never got to sit down and tell him how great he was. So, uh, and I'm, I'm, I got a hunch Joe was one of those guys who wouldn't have minded that <laughs> if you sure. told him how good he was. But he was a seemed like a nice enough guy. I think he loved to golf and was. Uh, you know, but what a hitter, man alive! And he could steal second base if you wanted him to. Sure. Which uh, they with the Red now in modern day baseball, a team like the Reds wouldn't steal any bases, right? Yes. Because you'd be waiting for the next guy to hit one out of the park or hit a double or something. But uh, yeah, that team. I mean, Rose could run. He was determined. He was a determined runner. He wasn't fast. Mm-hmm. Morgan was extremely fast. Uh, you know, when Griffey, when he played, was extremely. They had Geronimo could run. They had uh, Concepcion could run. See, the the un, the uh, missed guy in that, Concepcion, is one of the all time great shortstops. He was fantastic. You could just pick it, huh? And offense, you know, he was a very good hitter too. Okay. Yeah, they were good, man. They were good. And uh, you know, whoever came up with were that they, nickname, were, that, that that you know, everybody. You know, they called him the Big Red Machine, and then in 1980, when the Russian hockey team came to town, they said, this is the real Big Red Machine. <laughs> but uh, you know, So when they were going on their run, what was it, four titles in six years or whatever it was, when, mm-hmm. they, when, they, when they were on that epic run, did the, did the country rally behind them, or they, were they kind of the enemy like the Yankees well, are? Well, when they played the Yankees, they were... We, we we didn't mind the Reds. Okay. We, we enjoyed watching the Reds. And, you know, the, the 75 series with the with the... With the Red Sox was fantastic, and they you know went to seven games. Yeah. Boston was, you know, Boston was considered kind of plucky. They hadn't they 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 had been in the they beat us out in '67, you know, and won went to the World Series. But uh, then they'd been down a little again, so they were an underdog team, and the people were on the Red Sox bandwagon, and uh, and they were they were they were kind of upstart, and the Red Sox were not, you know, nobody was. 
this was before free agency, so nobody was vilified for outspending gotcha. anybody. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. In fact, sure. if you were letting guys go because you didn't want to pay them, you were a cheapo. It wasn't because you had to operate, right? Uh, we had that issue here. Long before the Polads ever owned the Twins, there were other cheap. But there was not that. You hated the Yankees not because not because they were outspending everyone by fifty million dollars. You hated them because they were the Yankees and they'd already they'd won enough and blah blah blah. <laughs> and uh, you know the people would figure somehow they were you know the umpires or somebody was prejudiced in their favor sure. and stuff like that. Because uh, I know we were rooting. I think the country was rooting for them in 90 when they beat Oakland. Because Oakland had kind of become that team that most of the country was rooting against with the Bash Yeah, and, and they only won one World Series. Yeah, right? that's right. They won the 89 is the only one they won, right? During mm-hmm. the, because of the earthquake. 88, they lost to the Dodgers. Got swept, right? Uh, no, five. Four or five, yeah. Because they got swept by the Reds. Yes, they did. Because yeah, yep. nasty, the Nasty Boys. That was the first six-inning team. Yes. That was the first of those teams that, if you, you know, and we were saying, ah. You didn't want the starter to leave the game. Yeah, if, uh, <laughs> if the starter, if they got to the seventh inning, you got all three of them. Charlton. Uh, Dibble. Dibble and the other lefty. Uh, uh, Randy Myers. Randy Myers, yeah. And I think Randy Myers finished, right? Wasn't he the closer? I think he was the closer, yeah. technically. Yeah, but they— uh, Boy, and Dibble would throw at his own kid, wouldn't he? He was yeah. just that kind oh, of guy. Yeah. <laughs> he was imposing. Uh, you know, he was a big, big, strong-looking guy. And uh, Charlton had nasty stuff, and Randy Myers did, too. Yeah, they were the nasty boys. That was another great nickname somebody came up with because they, uh, they were all of that. And uh, I covered that series. <laughs> what I remember covering that series— was in the auxiliary press box in right field with a radio shack, like one of those radio shacks that wasn't backlit. Yeah. We didn't have any light, basically, out there. You couldn't see this. We'd be holding them up in the air to see if we could get a little light to see what we'd just written. And, yeah. You know, I remember that. But uh, That's another one of those towns, too, Pat, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that just feels like that's a really good baseball town, and football's if, if almost they, secondary. You know, they've really faded because they haven't been that. But when they're good, it used to be a great baseball town. Yeah. Yeah, but the uh, I think all towns have changed now. Hell, they got a soccer team now. You know, Cincinnati's got a little more sophisticated. But, sure. yeah, back in the day, it was a hell of a baseball town. And, uh, you know, Germans. They had Germans. <laughs> you got Germans. You got you got a baseball town, yeah. right? Look yes. at Mount State, Minnesota. Yes. Yeah, one of the, the greatest towns are, you know, we slip in some Slavs and some, uh, <laughs> you know, Polish people. and but uh, But the German... The more German those little outstate towns are, the more crazy they are for baseball. That's the tradition. Yeah. It goes back and back and back. So, by the and, way, uh, you mentioned the Dodgers. They are going to be a tough out. Oh, they are. Wow, are they good? <laughs> that lineup is just. But the Braves are going to give me a hell of a. I you think, think the Braves so? are giving. Well, the Braves are good, man. That's a hell of a lineup too. That's true. This Acuna might be the best player in baseball. He's good. He's just. I mean, he right. He seems now. Two years ago, he struck out like Sano almost. Mm-hmm. He was, but he he seems to rise to the occasion. He seems to really. He enjoy likes the this. big moment. Yeah, he really enjoys this, and he can. I think they really got a good lineup, but I don't see anybody. How about the plucky Rays if they end up in there with those guys? Wouldn't that be As just bigger? Oh. You know, it looks like a. It was a mismatch against the Yankees, and somehow they won last night. 
Did you? I was clicking back and forth, and I watched quite a bit of the uh, the race. The, I didn't watch much because I was race, focused on the purple. On, on the but, purple, yeah, yeah. which was a, it was a great football game and then a humorous result. But uh, uh, the Rays. I mean, Cincinnati homers in the top of the. I mean, Cincinnati, Houston homers in the top of the first, right? Yep. Right off the bat, home run. They're ahead one to nothing. Now you end up, uh, and Snell was not sharp at all. He was through. He had forty some pitches after two innings and twenty nine pitches the first inning. Somehow he stumbles through five, only giving up that one run, and then. They bring start bringing in then they bring in John Curtis, former Twins ace. Yeah, former Twins. I think ace. he had four appearances here or something. <laughs> then they bring in who came in after him? Uh, that Castillo was that his? No, he came in last. Okay, but they brought in for the left. They aptly named Aaron Loop, a left-hander. Because his ball loops. <laughs> he could hit you right in the cheek and it wouldn't hurt you. Right. And he loads up the base. He's terrible. He's brutal. He's, he wanted to give up six. <laughs> he wanted to give up six and they end up loading the bases with one out. And they, you know, he walks two and he's terrible. And then they bring in Castillo and Giriel. Giriel is the first hitter. Hits the first pitch out, a kind of a spinner out before second, behind second. He apparently can't run, Uriel, because no. it was kind of a slow thing. It was spinning out there, and a shortstop grabbed the ball, throws it to first base. They don't score, and then then Castillo's first pitch. And then so then Castillo pitches the ninth, and they beat him 2-1. to one. But they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything as hitters. They didn't. They didn't pitch worth a damn, and they won two to one. They're unbelievable. But Cash's job against the Yankees those last three games—that he—that was some managing right there. Ravers, because they got killed in the first game by New York. 2018. Here we go. I go to. I hear about from my friend Topper that they're going to go with an. They're going to go with what they're going to call an opener. They're gonna go. I remember this. They're day. not. They're gonna. Uh, they're not gonna have five starters. They're gonna not. They're gonna start the season with four starters and then a bullpen guy. But it'll be like he'll pitch the first inning and then they'll have somebody else who's kind of the starter. Mm-hmm. But he'll hopefully pitch three or four and then they'll go to the bullpen. And I'm saying this can't possibly work. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I go up to write a piece on it. Because I'm so alarmed as a baseball purist <laughs> that this won't last till May, you know, this stupidity. And I talked to get a couple of quotes from Cash, and they're kind of being vague on it then. And two years later, the Yankees are going with an opener in the World Series. <laughs> I mean, in the playoffs, everybody's got an opener. Yep. It's We don't even blink anymore. And These guys invent stuff. They got... They got the 29th highest payroll in baseball or something. You know, although it got all screwed up with the pandemic, so you don't really know what's what. I think it ended up 29th. They, you know, they they get raided. Their front office gets raided, you know, all the time. People are, you know, they they got the 20 analytic kids running around, and Mm -hmm. every— 
Every year they lose seven of them to other teams, you know. Well, the and, Dodgers got Friedman from Tampa. Yeah, and then the and then the Bo- and then Red Sox. In Boston got Heim Bloom, who was the right hand man to Neander, who runs it now. But these Neander's like this invisible man that's uh, you very seldom quoted, uh, and he's he got cash, and he's you know somebody will come and give him a bunch of money and hire him. But not only that, uh, scouts and. Uh, you know, the secondary people and staff members. I mean, two years ago, Rocco and Montoya, two of their coaches, got major league jobs, yep, right? Yep. Then they, you know, they hire guys away. They lose. And every time they get a player two years that's really good, you know, they didn't trade David Price because they wanted to. It turned out it was okay. But they, I mean, they, Cause they, they got to. a guy who's going to get paid. They got to let him go. Well, they and, traded uh, They traded Fam to the Padres. Yeah. And they got one of the Padres' best uh, minor yes. leaguers. Well, they got Meadows and, you know, Pittsburgh. They got what a great trade by Pittsburgh getting that stiff Chris Archer for Glass now and Glass Meadows. Glass now and Meadows. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, they, they not only do they have to get rid of these guys, but they make good trades when they do them. But two years ago, the 19, 2019, they won 90 some games, made the playoffs, finished second in the. In the two thousand, wait, yeah, finished second last year in the division behind the Yankees, right? Mm-hmm. Two thousand nineteen. Yep. They were one ninety three games, I think, something like that. They drew one point one seven million. <laughs> I said, uh, I wrote a little thing on them on Sunday. I said, you know, they, the bridge that connects Tampa to St. Pete is the Frankland Bridge, Frankland Bridge. There's also a causeway that comes over from Clearwater, but I said. People who live in Tampa treat the Franklin Bridge like it was the East Germans treated the Berlin Wall. <laughs> you know, they won't cross it. They won't cross it. It takes it's the one. Their attendance has fallen as they've had this run. The, you know, the year they went to the World the year after they went to the World Series it was 08. 08 and 09, they drew like one point eight, and they've kept. They had a four-year period where they weren't over, you know, that they were kind of readjusting. But since they've come back from that and been good again now for about four years, they don't draw over 1.2 million. Their but, attendance is a half million less than it used to be. In, Why? In fact, wasn't this the year that they were going to split between Montreal and Tampa? They were talking about or it. Or was that going to be next year? That had never gotten. They'd never gotten that. Oh, I thought they had a deal. Okay, that, no, that never. No, okay, no, okay. no. Okay, okay. I mean, they announced it, but. The mayor of St. Pete said they're not. They got a lease that says they have to play all their games in the in the Thunderdome. Because would a uh, in Tropicana Field would a new stadium would that draw if it was in the exact same location but it was no, a new stadium? I don't think they want to stay there, but they'll take that. They'd take whatever they could get, you know. Yeah. But they're like the Twins; they'd take whatever they can get. But you really need a dome down there. Because of how often it rains, you know. Sure. You know, although Miami gets away with not having one, so well, theirs is retractable. Yeah, in Miami. that's right. They got yeah. the retractable. They you, you need a dome because it rains at four thirty every day in the summer. So, uh, and then sometimes it continues, and sometimes it lasts for a half hour, but uh, also for heat and stuff. Right. But the the ideal place would be over uh, on the other side, sort of. 20 miles towards Orlando or something, or even there's some thought that this Vinnick might, if, you know, the other thing is how are you going to get a stadium after this pandemic? Oh, I you know. know. They're going to be in a I tough mean, spot. The cities aren't going to have any money. 
But uh, I don't know. Vinick, the guy who owns the Lightning, you know, has invented the Magellan Fund for fidelity back in the day. He's, okay. he's moved on from there, but he was like this genius of the investment world. And he's got more money and he knows what to do with it. And he owns the Lightning. And he's basically, I don't know what happened because of the pandemic, but he was building a city around his stadium, a second, sure. sort of a second downtown around his hockey arena. And there was some thought they'd put a baseball stadium further down Nearby. near the water. Okay. And uh, that's a little, that's more accessible. But uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do now. They can't stay in that dump. But what, what are the A's going to do? I don't know. I mean, that thing is, they got to, I mean, the A's might have to settle for a $250 million refurbishment of the Coliseum, Coliseum. or something, which is 66, I think. Wow. 65, maybe. So, you know, you look at the potential matchup here, because I, I think the Dodgers are probably going to win, but you look at what could possibly be a matchup of Moneyball, you yeah, know, with oh, the Dodgers in the race, and, or, yeah. or you get a rematch. Of yeah. 2017, which started the whole investigation into the sign stealing. Yes, the uh, the Astros, uh, they're really thin on starting. Oh, pitching. I don't know how they're even going to get they're past Tampa. Pitching. Yeah, I mean they only have two basically starting pitchers. Right. Well, he's starting at McCullers again today. That's and Charlie Morton's going for the, the, yeah. the Rays. You know, Charlie Morton, out of nowhere, they gave him a two-year, thirty million dollar contract. Yeah, I remember that I mean, signing going. Like, what? What? Uh, this Tampa? This is like, <laughs> this is, uh, you know. But they, I suppose they they thought they could compete. You know, this is like the Twins giving Josh Donaldson ninety million dollars. Oh, I think they Charlie <laughs> didn't pitch a lot this year, but I think they got a little more out of Charlie. <laughs> anyway. I'm split, of course. I've been on the Astros bandwagon since everybody went nuts, but I'm also on the Rays bandwagon. So I'm I'm rooting for Tampa. Well, it, they're hard not to root. I for. I think everybody in the world is rooting for Tampa too, yeah. except as 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 much as I follow baseball, when I watch Tampa, I say, "Who the hell is this guy? Where did they?" <laughs> and you know who stinks? And they keep playing him every game. Willie Adamas, the shortstop. He hits about 200, mediocre in the field. He was supposed to be their hot prospect. What the hell? He's who is the? I, that's what I was going to ask you. Who is the kid that hit the two big home runs for against oh, the Yankees? They, they got him from your Cardinals. Really? For uh, they got him and Jose Martinez, who they ended up getting rid of, uh, for uh, a hot shot pitching prospect named Liber, Liberator. Who has not yet uh, pitched for the Cardinals? Because the left-hander, the that kid's going to be a stud. Well, uh, I, I don't. I'm not even going to try. I was watching the game, going, I can't pronounce I, I, it, I, I, but I know he's a ball I think player. He's a Cuban. Is I think he? He's okay. a Cuban. Yeah. Okay. And the Cardinals had him, and he, Cardinals, he was slapping the ball around, and apparently got to Tampa, and they said. Close your eyes and swing, pal. And uh, he did. He hit the home run last night to, to uh, tie the game. Boy, so. he can he can play. Anyway, Rays and then uh, Braves start today. Uh, Joe Morgan has died. We just uh, talked about that a little bit. We and, should also uh, mention the Whitey's fired Rick Renteria. Renteria, yeah, that and you surprised know, me. According to Bob Nightingale, you know who they're going after? Who? AJ Hinch. 
They want to beat the Tigers to A.J. Hinch, apparently, according, really? to, according to Nightingale. Really? Because that was the rumor when, uh, when, when Guardian announced well, he was stepping well, down. If they, if they hire A.J. Hinch... Then the uh, Red Sox definitely can bring back Alex Cora, can't they? Is that the rumor that they're going to do that? Well, there's a lot of public pressure in Boston. The fans want Alex back. You know, and Alex, you know, the cheating in Boston was deemed to be mild. I mean, Alex was involved in the cheating of, of Houston, but right. he was a coach. The manager of the – if the manager from the Houston cheating – can get a job. Mm-hmm. Alex got to go back to the. And if Alex doesn't get that job, if the Tigers and the White Sox both want Hinch, whoever doesn't get him will get will get Cora, won't right. they? Probably. Yeah. I mean, so what the hell? Nightingale uh, must have got Rick Hahn on the phone, White Sox general mm-hmm. manager. He uh, quotes the following. The ideal candidate will be someone who has experience in a championship organization in recent years. Uh, we are also announcing that pitching coach Don Cooper has been let go. Boy, he's been there, what, 20-some years? And then asked, Bob, Bob Nightingale must have asked him in his response, Ozzie Guillen will not be a candidate. Got <laughs> <laughs> uh, a boy, that Bobby. Is, that, is, uh, that is too bad. Ozzie uh, will not be a candidate. That's... Uh, you know, but baseball needs Ozzy in the oh, game, don't God, they? Yeah. Well, he is doing commentary for uh, that's not Spanish language. Uh, I think Spanish language broadcast. Yeah, but once in a while he pops up with. Uh, who did he, uh, who did he hate? Oh, he hated Swisher. Swisher. He went yeah. after Nick, Nick Swisher. Swisher out of nowhere. <laughs> he the most selfish ball player I ever had. I couldn't stand him. Was, he was the greatest. That's who Ozzie. Detroit should hire. Bring in Ozzy. You know what's interesting? Uh, you know, in football, the uh, you know we have the Packers, we have the Bears to some degree, the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got rivals. You know, the Gophers have the Badgers and the Hawkeyes. Twins, we don't have a rival. It's amazing. Well, the White the Sox White Sox, Sox certain... are the closest. Yeah. But I've done research. The in the White Sox, as I told you, are the only team. That has been in the same alignment mm-hmm. as the Twins for the entire 60 years. Even Kansas City? No, because Kansas City was the A's. Oh, sure. Okay. And then they left in 64, I think, uh, was their last year. And then the Royals started up when they expanded in 69. So, okay. So, no. The, when, when it was a 10-team American League no, okay. the Royals gotcha. were because the Royals didn't even exist. Then. Got it. And uh, so the White Sox are the only team, but it's been rare when they've been good at the same time. You know that they've True. like gone down to the wire with the mighty Whiteys to see if they could. Sixty-seven, uh, the Whiteys were marginally in that four-team uh, mm-hmm. race, but that was a ten-team league. The White Sox were in there, and since the division alignment. Not too often has it have you said, boy, the Twins are really good, and so are the White Sox. So they don't. Outside of the but, yeah, you're right. Outside of the game 163, yes, that yeah, they lost that in year. Chicago, but that's, yeah. that was we about it. Not, you know, they have not. You know, it's not like, and it's not like either one of the organizations has to be jealous of the other. You know, it's not like one of them has. You know, let's say football. One of them has four Super Bowls, and you have zero. You know, which they can, which the other, 
which the people across the border have a tendency to lord over you. That does they, come up on occasion. Yes, yeah, they it do. does. In fact, if the Vikings beat them 52 to 6, yeah, well, you haven't won a Super Bowl, you know. Anyway, <laughs> so you don't have that in baseball. It would be. Uh, uh, it would be uh, interesting to uh, well outside of you know now you got me thinking but outside of you know Yankees Red Sox and Cardinals and Cubs what other yeah. big rivalries and that's do you why have? and I actually uh, scratched this out the other day that's why uh, I think baseball would like they, they got to figure out Tampa and they got to figure out Oakland but I think they would like to expand in uh, really? in the next three or four years somebody told me this. And the Nashville is a hot prospect for one of those teams, another team in the South. And Portland was until the uh, civic the unrest might cause. <laughs> I might not want to be building something up on a uh, two hundred feet high there and watching the difficulties down there. But Montreal, if if they don't become the the s- solution, that could give you two Eastern teams. To it, and I figured it out. You'd have fifteen Eastern time zone teams, and then Nashville, which is Central time zone, but logistically located. I ain't getting on no bleeping time machine. No, wasn't that Nashville? No, Memphis. Dang it! <laughs> but uh, uh, we're going to get a realignment here. You think so? Mm-hmm. It's going to be geographic. We're going to end up in the whichever. We're going to end at. The Yankees will always be the American League, and the Dodgers will always be the National League, right? Okay. So that's, but you're going to end up with the Yankees, the Mets, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Dodgers, the Angels, all in the same same really? league. I believe it's going to happen. Yes, this guy wants to. This guy wants to redo the geographic geography of baseball we could end up being in the national league with uh with Cubs, the white Sox, milwaukee twins kansas city, kansas city st louis. louis and the two texas teams eight those eight end up as some it probably would be they might make two divisions well you know what i mean I, eight I, eight and then you got then you got arizona colorado and six west coast teams you draw the line, boom. You play, you play that, you know, those teams six times, and you play your own teams twelve times. You know, as a purist, that 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 upsets me. But then I'm thinking, well, you know what? If it's going to get kids to stay up to watch a game that doesn't start at nine ten, mm-hmm. is that going to help baseball in the long run? Yeah. Well, I just, I mean, I think you know, we we're demonstrating now the ability to change everything. And, uh, and you know, it's my, what I'm really curious about is how many teams this jackass, to want of a better term, <laughs> is going to try to put in the playoffs next year. Oh, this new format I don't think is going away. Well, I don't think you'll have 16. I don't think you'll have the guts to put 16 out of 30 in there and not give any, not give any credence to be in the number one seed but uh well how have the tv ratings I, been if the tv not, ratings have gone up no the tv ratings are horrible for everything even the nfl's down okay of course the trumpeters think it's because they're not watching because they're pouting all the trumpeters are telling me they didn't watch the vikings last night kiss my fat prat you were watching <laughs> again 
You were watching the game down there quiet so your wife didn't know you were watching. Right. You were watching and cursing and then saying, oh, I don't watch. The ratings are down. But the NFL ratings are down. And I read one th- reason the NFL ratings are down is nobody's watching in New York because They're they have two terrible teams. There are three 0-5 teams, and two of them play in Giant Stadium or whatever we call it now. Mm-hmm. Metro, Metro, MetLife Met Met, Met Stadium. Life Stadium, yes. Two, two of them are over. Nobody, you know, they're they're in a blood battle to see who could get the number one uh, overall pick, and because uh, Atlanta will probably win a game or two now that they got rid of this idiot Quinn. So it's the uh, Giants and the Jets, uh, and you know, New York's NFL ratings are gone in the tank, and it's not because. The New York metropolitan area is going to vote heavily for Donald Trump and doesn't, it is outraged at social justice. It's because the two the, teams are awful. <laughs> anyway, so uh, as far as uh, that, that's coming too. I might not be around for it, by the way. What's that? When they do this. Oh, I mean, the realignment. The way these 70 year olds okay. are tipping over, I'm getting a little nervous here. Uh, uh, I mean, Joe Morgan. He's a couple years older than me, but in a hell of a lot better shape, you know. Well, no, I think on Friday on your appearance in Garage Logic, That'll you had be, it nailed. You what? know how to beat the virus. <laughs> what? You already gave us your yes, advice right. on how to beat the yes, virus. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I drink a lot of Diet Coke, but if I ever get it, I'm going to go to Walter Reed. Right. So, hey, my son was in the military. Is that good enough? That's, that counts. And we'll I want you. eight world-class doctors in here with me. And then, I, then when I'm done, I'll say, ah, hell, I didn't even have it. Never even had Never it. Never even had it. So. <laughs> so you're all in on Dodgers Rays for the World Series? Is that what you're all in no, on? No, I'll take the Astros, but uh, just to, just for the fun of it. I'll, I'll take any one of these four. I think it's good. Yeah, I, think, I, I don't have anything against either any of these four teams. Because, I mean— for all the angst that we Minnesotans have against the Yankees for going out there and spending all the money, the Dodgers, most outside of Mookie, yeah. that's all homegrown talent, isn't it? For well, the most they part. brought in some guys, but yeah, they, I mean, they, yeah, they've done a masterful job. Well, the Yankees have created, brought up a lot of players, too. True. The Caribbean market, you know, where you can go and every, you know, like, you can every third year you can outspend everybody or something. But Garrett get... Cole and Stanton weren't really, oh, yeah. you know, they weren't, you know, low ticket items that came up through Boy, the system. Boy, you know what's the difference between the Yankees? I mean, there's a lot. I mean, they're great, but when Stanton's hitting, they really get. Yeah. You know, Stanton. There's two Stantons. Mm-hmm. There's the one guy who strikes out twenty times a week, and then there's this guy who's on the ball. And by the way, has discovered right field. Any other big 280, 90-pound guys, right-handed hitters out there who could learn a lesson? Yeah, but you know what? I think there's a little difference between Stanton's 275 and Miguel's 275. Stanton is a brick outhouse. Yes, that's true. Miguel's got a little small. Miguel's Miguel's pushing three bills again, don't you think? Oh, he's, by the end of the year, absolutely. He yeah, was. He's, he's, in, he's 290 again, you know. But... That's you know that's a that's a, that's another. By the way, you know which team struck out more this year than anybody else in Major League Baseball? The Tampa Bay Rays. Did they really? Yeah. So they are. They have you know a lot of my theories as to what the Twins have to do are 
in violation of what Tampa has. Well, to they do. were a big launch angle team. Bef- oh yeah, they, before everybody they invented else half this stuff. You know, <laughs> they're just. I don't know how this underfunded. I said this you know, this underfunded, unappreciated, often rated team is always smarter than everybody else. Right. You know, in the analytical age. And they continue to do it. Yeah. But despite losing it. They'll have something else new for you next year. In fact, I believe it was your uh, opening question to the Falvey-Levine regime on their introductory press conference, because I remembered saving the clip, Mm -hmm. and you said... Are you two believers in the opener that no. is single-handedly ruining baseball as, <laughs> as we, we know, know it? it? Yeah, that was, that was my question. Uh, yeah, what is your stance on? Nice the, to meet you, Pat. What Ricey. is your stance on the uh, the opener that uh, is ruining baseball in our time? <laughs> and I think Levine said, "It's nice to know you studied it well before you reached something." I can't remember. Levine had some smart. Well, Levine gave me a shot, which I enjoyed. No, one of them I think said I was prepared for this question from you, Patrick. I think that's one of one of them responded with that. That which which meant Dustin, you know, tipped him off Levine. that you were going to ask that. Yeah, but I don't know how Dustin would have known. He might have just guessed, knowing sure. that I I might have been bitching before the press conference. <laughs> I said, like, I hope these two bleepers aren't believers in the bleeping opener. But I mean, it's it's here to stay. It's the idea that, I guess, you know, if you look and say they third time through the order, people get hits. But, you know, off him, so we got to – but I can see that for marginal starters, right? Sure. You know, for Boof Bonzer, third time through the order. If you hook Boof after four, I'm not going to be upset. You know what would be a great opener? Kevin – what was his name? Kevin Correa. He would Kevin have been a good. Kevin Correa was a good. We might have used him as an opener, and we didn't know it. We call it a bullpen game back then. <laughs> right. It wasn't a strategy, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a. Uh, you ended up with. Uh, I mean, once the Yankees got beat, I was happy. Oh, me too. Because he's yeah. this plucky little collection of. Especially who they lost to. Yeah. Yes. And jo- you know George isn't alive anymore, but that's, you know George's. That was George's home. It was in Tampa, you know, sure. Yeah, yeah. he'd come back to New York. Well, those are in, and Tampa was like George. At one point, there were rumors he was going to sell the Yankees and save the Rays for the Tampa Bay area. You know, the best thing Tampa Bay could do for a stadium would be to take over the Yankee complex. No and doubt, add yes. ten thousand seats. Yes, because I mean that stadium is way better than what the Rays have, but the Yankees. Got all these other fields and stuff like that, but that the best place to build the stadium would be right there on Dale uh, Mayberry Road. Because it's right across from where the Buccaneers right, yes, play, right? Yeah, you have the big parking lot, a lot of good strip joints up and down there. <laughs> so the you know the the ball players, if they wanted to break the quarantine, could go out for a couple hours and come back. <laughs> famous famous avenue for uh, gentlemen's clubs. Ah, it's it's a. Uh, Interesting, uh, interesting avenue. <laughs> I uh, Glenn Morgan, the the boxing Morgan family, the boxing wrestling Morgans from they lived out in Bloomington, and or Richfield was it? But Jim and Olive, Jim was the old man, and he was a pro wrestler. Okay, and his partner was Red Bastine, who was also his father-in-law. I mean, he was, no way, yeah, he was older. Red was older than Jim, and Red, uh, he married Red's daughter. 
and they had this brood of Irish kids. And I think there's a couple of daughters in there, but I six uh, had an Olympic Greco-Roman wrestler, uh, two or three really good professional boxers, and uh, just a, the Battle and Morgans. Man, you you didn't want to you didn't want to get in a fight with those guys. But I went down and did a piece on Glenn, who was the heavyweight and the older son, and the one that terrified all the rest of the Morgans who terrified everybody else, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, Danny Morgan and what was the wrestler's name? God, he was a nice kid. And Mike Morgan was a fighter. The Olympic wrestler was, uh, geez, I can't remember. And, but Glenn was the, uh, yeah. Glenn, <laughs> Glenn, eat nails, you know, <laughs> and a heavyweight boxer, and but uh, only about a 200-pound heavyweight boxer, you know, 190-pound boxer. But he ran a bar on Dale Mabry down. Okay. Down, I think back in the day they had go-go dancers, but it wasn't a strip joint. Got it. But uh, it was a place where a blue-collar crowd would assemble. And, you know, chicken wire type place. And and, uh, Glenn occasionally had to. Had to sort out the difficulties, I guess. <laughs> and, and some of the fellas ended up out on the street, but I, I should find that column. God, it was fun. Just talk, because he's kind of a quiet guy, but the 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 patrons and other people telling stories about when Glenn looked looked over at you and And it was time a, for you to go with a look that suggested you were getting a little loud they were but a redneck Tampa bar on Dale Mabry further down from the stadium. But uh it was uh I I think he's still with us. I haven't seen that uh I'm I'm sure he's retired. He's gotta be eighty or so now. But uh yeah, that was a oh. that was a fun column. That's uh uh and there has been some athletes who wound up in trouble visiting the visiting the other as you can imagine there's a famous one there's a famous gentleman's club not not far down the street from uh from the anky's complex and the and the it's a it's quite an avenue but they that i wonder if they could ever figure that out but have the yankees you know have baseball get the yankees to move or something and uh you know to a different complex and and, and then let them put get the, set up there. Put the Rays there, or you know, build a stadium and let the Rays, or let the Yankees train in it, and then the Rays come over and play their schedule <laughs> in it. They'd be better off if they had, you know, they they've got a big tarp over the upper deck now at Tropicana Field, and it's, when I was there, maybe they changed it, but when I was there, it was like a used tarp. It wasn't even. It wasn't, it wasn't even a new it, tarp. Oh God, it was. A, motley thing and just just terrible and they you know they always get that rough and it's dingy in there and and uh but uh you know but they were reducing the crowd the 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 capacity to like high you know low 20s mm-hmm. twenty five thousand. right well they already the yankees already hold 15 Put another deck on that thing in the outfield go, and right. go play yeah. ball. Let's go. Yeah. They'd be better off because the facilities are nicer than they are in the mm-hmm. in the um, Tropicana Field. But the, you don't hear anything anymore about what solution they have now. Right. But good for them. I'd like. I guess I would deep in my heart like to see them win it. 
Oh, of course, because it goes against, yeah, absolutely, you'd like and, to see and, and I'd like to see him win it just so that when they open next season in a full season and they had 14000 for the opener from these louts <laughs> who don't care. <laughs> who don't support the team. And they just won the cup, though, so what That's the hell? true, that's true. You know, but the cup, are the, but they're fully fended, they're fully funded mm-hmm. in the, uh, in the. Uh, for the lightning. And for the lightning, yeah. yeah. So. Anywho, what you got over there, Patrick? I got my man, Josh. This is Patrick Ricey. The pandemic is still upon us. And you know what? You need to see my guy, Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk right now, especially with what is going on in the markets these days. You need Josh's straight talk and guess, you know what kind of advice you can't have? I don't think you get sugarcoated advice. You don't get sugarcoated advice. Sit down with Josh for a no-cost, no-obligation, 48-minute consultation to review your investments, including your IRA and 401k. You can learn how you can benefit from Josh's focused approach. Call Josh now at 952-925-5608. Josh Arnold, they don't call him Mr. Money Talk for nothing. And in honor of, uh, we mentioned John Miller and Joe Morgan earlier, we got to play our favorite John Miller clip that we used to play on the ride with Royce once okay. in a while. Now the 1-0 pitch. Swing, and there's a high drive deep into left center field. It's on its way. Adios, Pelota! A grand slam for Buster Posey's good friend, Hunter Pence. <laughs> He forgot what player hit the home run, and it was absolutely spectacular. Oh boy, he's a sharp guy. Oh. You should, you know, he shows up for the games there, and he he dab a suit and tie mm-hmm. and a sport coat and then a pair of shorts underneath. <laughs> and I I went up and saw him last time I was at at uh, San Francisco. Went yep. up, and he's got a t-shirt on and a because you know, he's doing radio now you know okay sure t-shirt on a pair of shorts full figured you know just wandering oh. around he's great <laughs> that is the greatest <laughs> that, that is the greatest adjustment Posey's good friend <laughs> i bet he thought someday if i ever screw it up i could oh i could use the good friend i, I told you that day that uh bobby maduro stadium in uh, where the Orioles were playing, the old ballpark in the middle of Little Cuba, you know, mm-hmm. in Havana Town, the middle, and the Twins are over there playing. Herbie and Puck were on a team. I can't remember what year it was, but there were like 200 old Cubans in there. Nobody came to their games. Yeah. Nobody. And he gets the mic and starts doing Bob Casey. Oh, the no. The angry, <laughs> the angry, no smoking! <laughs> These guys are all down there with their cigars looking up at him like he's crazy. It was, then he's, then he's, uh, you know, Harbeck! And then, Pock! That's the whole thing. He was, uh, he called, he, oh, he loved Case. He, he did all, a lot of PA. He did a great Sherm feller, you know, okay. from Boston, who was the guy that, and then he, then he did a great uh, Bob Shepard, and then but he did Casey as the angry PA announcer. That's what he called it, the <laughs> angry PA announcer. Holy cow, that took longer than I thought. Uh, we'll be back next week, and by then we might know who's going to play in the World Series.